You're listening to the Quicker Than Fast podcast with your hosts, Michael and Robert Hardwick. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Quicker Than Fast Podcast to stay up to date on NFL news, information regarding episodes, and to join the conversation. And why not hit that like and share button on our Facebook page? And thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, pull out your hair ties. It's time to let your hair down and truly get funky. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 41 of the Quicker Than Fast podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Hardwick, joined with my brother, Robert Hardwick. Yo. And it is time. Week one of the NFL season is here. We've been waiting month after month for it to come back. Like every year, you know, it's like Christmas is here. Robert, give me your feeling, your thoughts with NFL week one kicking off in two days from recording. Yeah, it's nice being a short week, obviously holiday on Monday. So you have less time to wait, you know, getting to those first games. We had a couple college games this week until Monday. So I'm excited for Thursday. Like you say, it's like counting down to Christmas. And then there's that wait again after Thursday night for your favorite teams to play. But it's just nice being able to have those conversations with people, you know, that aren't just possibilities. Now it's for real. So there's definitely excitement buzzing around. Yeah, and, you know, we're at that point now where you get – football Thursday night all the way through Monday night. Then you just have to sit and wait Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, we're buzzing. We're excited. Um, This is one of our favorite episodes to do where we do our NFL award prediction episode. We also are going to break down week one and week two. We're going to look forward, um, try to get uh, kind of um, just some predictions down and our thoughts of of what might happen week one and week two. Um, But yeah, sit back, uh, you know, let us know uh, as we go through these what you guys think for uh, possible awards uh, you think we might have for for future MVP uh, players of the year. Um, and as like I said, we'd love to do this episode. It's finally time. We're going to get right into it. First, talk about a few news and notes, uh, just kind of things that have happened the last week or two. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, finally named starter officially for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, not probably too much of a shock there, Robert, but give me your quick thoughts. Yeah, not much of a shock. They have a tough start to their schedule. So I think if they get a couple games into the year here, then you'll see Pickett, especially, you know, if they lose one or two of those games, it's going to be an easy transition and the fans are going to be wanting Pickett. Yeah, uh, we were just talking about this off air, but Jason Peters, you know, future Hall of Famer, great Eagle, uh, just signed with the rival Dallas Cowboys. It's funny. He talked about how dysfunctional and, uh, you know, just ridiculous that organization was a few years back. Now he will be you know, not immediately, but he will eventually be starting on that line until Tyron Smith comes back. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's just surprising that a tackle like that can play as long as he has. So future Hall of Famer for sure, but you want to see him on a team better than the Cowboys. Uh, Russell Wilson gets an extension, five years, uh, I think $240 million, It's like $160 million guaranteed. Um, that goes on top of the two-year deal that he already has. So seven years uh, pretty much means that he will be retiring in Denver He's 34 years old, I think, now, so that puts him over 40 years old. What do you think uh, on this Russ deal? Yeah, I the Broncos have struggled so long after Peyton Manning and finding a quarterback, so now you have one that wants to be there, you know, who's been a pro bowler, an all-pro. Um, so I think they just wanted to solidify what their future was. A little uncertainty for me just last year wasn't great. Is it just the finger? What is it? But you always want that type of guy in your locker room, whatever capacity it is. Yep. Um, you know, you can you can talk where does he fit in the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks? Is he top five? Is he top 10? But at least at this point, I think they've locked in a top 10 guy for the next seven years. 
but hopefully, like you said, hopefully there's not a cliff that he falls off of too fast um, and can you know be worth that contract. James Robinson, running back, Jacksonville Jaguars. We've talked about in the previous episodes, you know, pretty quick recovery from an Achilles injury. Sounds like he will be ready to go week one. Robert Trevor Penning, left tackle, uh, New Orleans Saints. We've talked about him a lot. Looks like he will be out until probably November. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's tough for that Saints line. I mean, they really need to be able to solidify, you know, the line that's kind of been in shambles. They lost a couple people this last year. So being able to help, or help Kamara and being able to help Winston, they're, they're going to need him back sooner than later. Do you think uh, this – how big of an impact do you think this has, scale from 1 to 10? You know, you think – and I, I kind of tend to agree – this is going to be a high-powered offense. It can put up a lot of points. Scale from 1 to 10, concern on overall impact for the offense. Yeah, for that, it's, to me, it's probably like a 7 or an 8 because he's the type of player that needs reps so that at the end of the year, you know, he's ready to go mature-wise because he's had a lot of issues on the field, um, just going past the play, getting a lot of flags. And so you want him to be out there early to really get into the offensive flow there and understand the NFL game better. Yeah, injury news here. Harold Landry, the linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, tore his ACL. Looks like he'll be out for the year. Uh, big loss for them in a defense that was starting to emerge with some good players. They were, I believe, a number one or number two ranked run defense last year. They have the ability to get at the quarterback, but Harold Landry was a big piece for that. Yeah, and you lose a lot of leadership. I mean, he's been kind of the backbone of that defense, and so it, it's tough seeing a guy like that go down. Uh, other news, you have uh, the new New Orleans Saints safety, Marcus May, arrested for aggravated assault with a firearm not sure what that's gonna you know how that's gonna play out here for the season but you know if they just lost uh Gardner uh to the Eagles another safety cornerback traded now you lost Malcolm Jenkins but you had brought in Tyrone Smith what's your overall concern for the Saints defense now losing three safeties total only bringing one in yeah it's obviously concerning because that's a big part of your defense on the back end um I've obviously tight or talked about I like the team I like the direction they're going, even if they're losing pieces there. So I really do have faith, you know, either things work out for them or they go out and find the pieces that they need to because that organization is not afraid to make some moves. And in breaking news, Jalen Rager is traded to the Minnesota Vikings from the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's, this is kind of God's joke. I mean, after everything that happened, being taken one pick above Jefferson and Justin Jefferson's came out and said with that, that's not his fault, you know, and obviously you want him to see him as a, Eagles fan, Michael wanted to see him kind of grow into what he was supposed to be, and it just never worked out. And to be honest, I don't know if it's going to work out with the Vikings. I think the thing that they hope is he turns into a punt kick returner, but that that was shaky at times too with the Eagles. So I, I think he give it a year. Again, he can be your number four, come in, do some different things, but he's not going to, I don't think, develop into the guy that they expect. You know, and talking off air about this, I want nothing but the best for J Jalen Rager just because – I didn't love the pick when it happened, but I just I bought into, okay, hopefully the coaching staff knows what they're doing, uh, can get the best out of this guy. There is a, you know, a potential there. I mean, the guy was a first-round pick for a reason. I still believe there's he's dynamic. I think you're right. You know, They've got a good kick returner there, but I think they need a punt returner. I think that was something he was really good at in college. He can grow into that role. Um, but I think it it was – it's an interesting move because I do think you know both sides needed a fresh start, but mm -hmm. Eagles get – a late round pick, but then a fourth round next year, as long as he gets enough playing time and whatnot, that's pretty good compensation. I still think for a guy who's pretty much proven to be a bust at this point. Yeah, and I think the one thing that'll help Rager is going into you know an offense that has a lot of veterans there that can really calm him down, help him play within himself. I mean, you don't have to worry about being the number one, number two guy that you were expected to be because Jefferson and Thielen got it.
Yeah, and you guys have probably seen in the news, um, Brian Robinson, running back for the Washington Commanders, uh, was shot. You know, that was already a week ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a attempted vehicle jacking, uh, shot I believe in the like hip and in the calf, yep. or in the in the knee, and they said it passed through all ligament and cartilage and all that kind of stuff, so it didn't actually do any structural damage to the knee, which is crazy. Um, he is on the uh, NFL exempt list, I believe, and so or injury list. So he'll be out for four weeks, but there's optimism that by week five, he could be back to playing already. So just, you know, from a non-football standpoint, which is more important, the guy's good, you know, uh, nothing life-threatening there, and he's already back to resuming football activity. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it. I mean, obviously, this is way bigger than football and worrying about when he's going to be back. So hope for continued health for him. I mean, it's just a scary situation that you get lucky with. Yeah. Uh, and then um, big name, Shaq Leonard, you know, formerly Darius Leonard of the Colts. Um, believe he's back playing football, should be ready for week one. I know there was some questions coming off the surgery in the offseason, whether he'd be back. Uh, he's a guy that probably, um, you know, needs a little bit more time to get back up to speed after having so much time off. But he's also the type of player I don't think will miss a beat. Uh, conditioning will, will catch itself up pretty quick. So that's the news we have. Um, there wasn't a lot. I mean, there were quite a few cuts and things that went on getting down to the 53-man roster. But Nothing of major impact. I know the Niners cut Trey Sermon. You know, some players that in the past you might know the name of, but uh, nothing that I think was so noteworthy we needed to spend too much time on it. So that that does it for the news and notes section. We'll be right back, and we will get into uh, our NFL awards, starting off with Offensive Rookie of the Year. We're back now to start with the NFL award predictions and to start right away, offensive rookie of the year. You know, exciting class. We've talked about all these rookies at, at quite a bit of length uh, in past episodes. So if you hear a name you're not familiar with, go back uh, to one of these past episodes. I'm going to start these discussions with giving you some of the favorites uh, that uh, Vegas Lions have right now for this award or, you know, as we go through these. Uh, and then we're going to give you our favorite and then a dark horse for this pick. Give me your thoughts. Years past, we've done this. Do you like some of the picks we've made? Do you think we've been way off base? Uh, I know we've done a reaction uh, in season recap episodes, but your thoughts on on how these tend to go? Yeah, it's just so hard to tell because, I mean, there's so much value into the quarterback, but sometimes you don't get them but playing half of the year. And so it's really hard to handicap, you know, when they vote on it, is it going to be, you know, heavy towards the quarterback even if they play half a season? We've seen a lot of wide receivers these last couple of years where all of a sudden they're breaking records and this and that. And so a lot of focus is there. But I think when it comes down to it, the running back is kind of always the focus when it comes to offensive rookie of the years, because you normally see they have such a short lifespan in the NFL that they're normally very good by the time they get there and they pop. And I think it pulls a lot more attention into voters. And I will preface all this by saying we try to not take the number one overall you know, or in, in terms of the odds or the favorites, um, you know, years past, we've just stayed away from like Aaron Donald, right? Like he's con- usually the consensus favorite year after year. I think last year I had TJ Watt and he won it. And that was, you know, he wasn't the favorite in that year. Uh, Aaron Donald was again. So we do try to stay away from that. Uh, of course, you'll see as we go through this, that wasn't always the case. There were just people we liked way too much and we wanted to talk about. We do try to give you some names uh, just kind of, uh, you know, for you to keep your eye on. But to start out, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, the favorite right now, Kenny Pickett at plus 700. So they're, again, they're leaning heavily towards the quarterback. 
He's not even a starter currently. What's your thoughts on Kenny Pickett being the favorite, not even being named the starter? Yeah, and I think it's justified. You're the number one quarterback in the draft class, the only first rounder, and you're going to a franchise that's really good. I mean, they're ready to win now. And so I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity, but it goes to that, what I say, you know, is he only going to play half the season, three quarters of the season? And so it's really hard to handicap that when you're making these picks. And a name you think we might have went with as a, you know, a pretty, pretty big favorite, but Brees Hall is plus 900 and he didn't make our list. Not that we don't think he's going to be good. I do. I have him in, in a dynasty league. Absolutely love Brees Hall. But I think with getting off to maybe a slow start and also an offense that might take a year or two to really get going, not sure he would be the best pick here. But my pick is Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Tennessee. I'm not going to do the comparison here that going to get people way too hyped. But last year we saw Jamar Chase getting this these conversations in the offseason. He can't catch the ball. He's not up to speed with the – uh, the NFL game, you know, there was a lot of negativity towards Jamar Chase. All he did was go out there and have record-breaking numbers like Justin Jefferson. Traylon Burks getting similar things where conditioning problems or asthma, uh, you know, struggling to really get up to the game speed. But then this last preseason game looked very, very good. In these last few weeks of practice, there have been some real highlight reel type plays out of Traylon Burks. One of my favorite prospects all of last year in college football. He has everything you need to be a great wide receiver with the loss of A.J. Brown, it sounds like they want to get him involved on almost every play that isn't going to Derrick Henry. It, it's, it's kind of a scary pick because there's been the negative reports. But I think if Traylon Burke does fit in this role, he will have a ton of uh, a ton of the stats. He'll get the rushing. He'll get the receiving. And he's a big-bodied guy to get the touchdown. So I like Traylon Burks as a potential potential offensive rookie of the year. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think he's he's getting a lot of buzz right now, and a lot of it's because of the comparison to A.J. Brown. And so there's a lot of people with a lot of expectations for him. Um, so my favorite in this one is Drake London, the wide receiver out of Atlanta. The number one wide receiver taken this yep. year. And he's a big guy. He's a fast guy. little injury prone, which is kind of concerning to me. The reason I take him here is because the Falcons just don't have much for playmakers outside of Kyle Pitts. And I think, you know, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I think, especially when we get in the red zone area, they're going to be throwing it to those big guys like him and Pitts. And so I think his numbers are going to be skewed from what their records it, record is. And he could easily go for over 1,000, 1,200 yards and probably eight or nine touchdowns just based off the fact that they don't have very many weapons to go to. So Yeah, and, and Marcus Mariota looked really good in preseason mm -hmm. in, the, in the limited time he played. I think you could have a little bit of a resurgence of his career. And if that's the case, Drake London's going to be a big part of that. You nailed it with the two big points. Doesn't have much for competition outside of Pitts. Um, and obviously, as a proto, he's got a great physical ability um, to be able to be, you know, playing from down or playing from behind to be able to just lob it up there uh, and get those stats. My dark horse candidate here, and he, he's just flying up draft boards and uh, getting a lot of buzz, but Damian Pierce running back out of Houston, um, you know, with having Marlon Mack get released and then uh, who, uh, Royce Freeman also been released there. His primary competition now is Rex Burkhead. Uh, Damian Pierce is a guy that I liked a lot last year and was trying to target in drafts early. Damian Pierce has the running style to be physical, to get the touchdowns. It's just a question of like, you know, is that offense going to be good enough for him to put up elite stats? But I think he's going to win a lot of those uh, angry run awards and he's going to have a lot of highlight type or tape. Yeah. So my dark horse here is Chris Olave, sticking with the wide receivers uh, with the Saints. Uh, he's he's a great route runner, and I think that's going to bode him well. When you have Michael Thomas there, you got Jarvis Landry there, both that have some injury concerns over the last couple years. 
And so I think he's going to get a lot of looks, especially, and especially on one-on-ones. And so I expect him to have a lot of deep ball touchdowns. So he may only have a couple catches a game, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were two catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he just he can stretch the field. You saw it with Ohio State. And I, I think if one of them goes down and he becomes the number one guy or something like that, I mean, Jameis is the type of guy that's just going to let the ball air out. And so I, I think it bodes well for him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the number one rookie this year in receiving yards. Yeah, absolutely. Another first round wide receiver going to a high powered offense. We move now to defensive rookie of the year. The favorite being Aiden Hutchinson, uh, I think followed by Trevon Walker and actually Quay Walker, I think was number three, the Packers linebacker. Robert, I'll let you start here. Are you going with a favorite, or do you have a guy down the down the board a little bit that you like? Yeah, and so this is kind of where we fall into that. We don't like taking the number one guy, but Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, his talent is so undeniable. You see him on hard knocks, how he's worked in the preseason too. And I just think when it becomes game time, he has that switch that he flips. And I think he's going to end up, you know, with the Bosa rookie type of years, the Chase Young type of years. And when you start putting the production up with the sacks and – realistically the lions are going to get some national focus this year because of hard knocks because of aiden hutchinson because of dan campbell and so i i really think that this is a year for you know the favorite in defensive player of the year again to step up and win it and traditionally it's sack guys that tend to get this award and i think be, I, either the lions are going to be in a lot of competitive games so he's going to be you know getting that national attention or playing from behind and getting those sacks uh you know and so i do think aiden hutchinson uh, he's a very good pick, and there's a reason why he's number one. I wanted to put him there too, potentially, but I went with a guy, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, you know, high, high draft pick to the New York Jets. I think the Jets are a team. The defense is going to be much improved. Hopefully they're more competitive in games, getting some more of that attention like you're talking about. It's hard for corners to win it. They need to get those interceptions. Uh, last year, J.C. Horn was on pace for that. Patrick Sertan played really well. Um, I think Ahmad Sauce Gardner has this Richard Sherman lockdown type potential and the name and attitude to kind of, you know, bring the fan base on his side. So I'm going with Sauce Gardner, a, a guy who I think um, can really lock down one whole side of the field. My dark horse candidate then, Kyle Hamilton. I'm staying in the secondary. Guy who fell a little bit in the drafts. Baltimore, though, has released Tony Jefferson saying, yep, Kyle Hamilton, you've earned that spot. He's a guy that's going to be all over the field. We've talked Derwin James in the past, players who can get sacks, interceptions, a bunch of tackles. I think – uh, Kyle Hamilton, Baltimore, uh, can just be a, a stat packer and load up all the, the the stat sheet. Yeah, a physical freak for sure. My dark horse, kind of along the same line, George Karloft or George Karloftis with the Chiefs. Um, Michael and I kind of talked about it. I'm I'm not a huge fan of his when he came into the draft, but all he's done is impress in the preseason and in training camp. And he's he's a physical freak. And I think you know getting into an NFL offense that has a lot of veterans there along the line are going to mold him into a sack producer. I don't know what he's going to be like as a run defender necessarily, but I do think you're going to see games this year where maybe he has a couple sacks, a lot of pressures, and he's going to be around the ball a lot. So I he's definitely a dark horse and probably not a household name right now, but with the Chiefs being, again, nationally known on TV quite often, you know, if he has a couple of those big games, people are going to be talking about him quickly. And George Karloftis, you know, the mold kind of as a Ryan Kerrigan type. Well, if he can hit that early in his career, uh, you know, he'll be up for a, a rookie of the year type of award. Um, I like that pick, kind of a, a good dark horse. Uh, for offensive player of the year, the favorite would be Jonathan Taylor, uh, plus 1,000, followed by Justin Jefferson closely behind. And that's where I went. I went with Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson could even get some of these MVP talks, I think, with what's going to happen with this offense, with Kevin O'Connell coming over. 
trying to mimic what the Rams did, what Cooper Cup did in that position. They want Justin Jefferson to be in that spot. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be hyper-targeted. We know the talent he has. Can he even take another step, which is just incredible to think he could do that. And if he does, I think he is a shoe-in for uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and there's not much to add to that. Michael and I both had Jefferson when we met up. I changed mine just because we didn't want the same answer there. And I, I think Jefferson, you know, within a couple of weeks, will separate himself fairly quickly. Um, I'm taking Tyree Kill. I think it's because if the wow, Do- pick. if the Dolphins do make it to the playoffs and are one of the top AFC teams, it's going to be on his back. It's going to be, you know, his deep threat. Uh, he's going to get a lot of sweeps. He's going to run the ball more, you know, than he has the last couple years. And so I think there's going to be more touches than he's traditionally had. And so, again, if the wins are there, there's a reason, and it's going to be because Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is kind of a boom-bust pick because if it hits and, you know, it wasn't just Mahomes making him good and he truly has the talent and can have a Debo-type season, he has the personality, the fan base. And, again, if they make the playoffs, Miami, big, you know, it's a big name, and, and it looks great. I do think Tyreek Hill is probably underrated in terms of uh, being able to have that big type of explosive year. Um, my dark horse candidate – and it's tough because it's all injury-based, but Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy for an entire season, we've seen it already where he has the the type of production to be an offensive player of the year. I think this team is going to rely heavily on him uh, with a coach that's on the hot seat. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy year long, uh, we're talking about him as the best running back in the league again. Yeah, and so my dark horse is kind of way out there, but it's Travis Kelsey who, you know, has got a lot of respect over the years, but really not the votes he needs. I think in years past, I've had him as my favorite and just didn't hit. And and so I I think there's one reason for this. You lose Tyreek Hill and they've lost some others to free agency. And I think once the games actually get going, it's great to talk about Juju. It's great to talk about Sky Moore and all these other weapons they brought in. But when it gets down to crunch time and Mahomes has to go to the people that he's trusted in the past, Kelsey is going to get a lot of looks. Um, I... I see him with easy double-digit touchdowns this year. And, I again, it's just because of how comfortable those two are together. And so, again, when things get tough, it's hard to go to Juju and those types of guys that you haven't formed that relationship yet with. And that offense is too high-powered. So I think there's going to be, again, kind of skewed numbers just based off of the lack of weapons that Mahomes may be willing to use. Yeah, if if the Chiefs end up making themselves a top-two seed or so, It'll be on the back of Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So maybe it's finally time he gets his due. And, and I'll say this. Offensive player of the year traditionally isn't a quarterback. Running back, wide receiver. Yes, this is – I'm sorry you guys don't get MVP votes. You guys are the offensive player of the year. So that's why there's no quarterbacks in these Yeah, Cooper selections. Cup last year should have been MVP probably, in my opinion, with the type of historic year he had. That would have left Aaron Rodgers getting MVP, and they completely did a flip. I thought I was in favor of doing Cup and Taylor – as the two, you know, uh, main offensive awards. But uh, we move now to defensive player of the year. Uh, the favorite here, TJ Watt to repeat. And then, of course, Aaron Donald is not far behind as a, you know, a yearly or perennial uh, favorite uh, in that position. Robert, do you uh, do you like one of the top guys this year? Where are you going with this one? Yeah, I like both the top guys. But, again, we're trying to avoid those picks here. I'm going Shaq Leonard formula for formerly Darius Leonard. Um, he's just a turnover machine on the Colts. And I think the big knock on him last year was obviously they didn't make the playoffs, which hurt Jonathan Taylor in the MVP race too. But I, I don't see that stopping. They've only built on that onto that defense. He's going to be around the ball. He's going to get punch outs, fumble recoveries, and interceptions. So if he can stay healthy, obviously we talked about him earlier coming back from surgeries. 
I think he's going to be the leader on that defense, which in my opinion, may be the number one turnover defense. Obviously, was it Dallas last year? Yep. And I think the Colts can take that position. If it does, you know, defensive player of the, player of the year, you're going to be looking at the guy that caused all of those turnovers. And realistically, he could have won it any of the last two seasons. He's been that good. The amount of fumbles and interceptions he has as a middle linebacker, it's phenomenal. I love the pick. I love the, the potential for, for a player like that. Um, I have Nick Bosa. I think the 49ers are, as much as I was out on them last year, I think coming into this year, I was even really hesitant. I'm starting to flip the switch a little bit of like, I like the defense. I still hate the offensive line. There's question marks with Trey Lance. But to me, Nick Bosa can be a, a 20 sack guy. And if he can stay healthy, we know coming off the edge, mm-hmm. um, there's almost no one better in the NFL. So I'm taking one of the Bosa's and Nick, in this opinion, I think can be up there for uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah, it's hard when you choose Bosa's because, I mean, they're both same talent level. It just depends on who they have help with. Obviously, the other Bosa brother, Joey, he's got help this year from a great Chargers defense. And that's kind of the way I'm going right here. But I'm going with Derwin James with the Chargers. As your dark horse. Yep. And, and those of you that have listened in the past, I've always been on Derwin James. And injuries have prevented, you know, him really taking the step forward to be the all pro that he, he is. must be the curse. Yep. I got to be. <laughs> but I, I, I love this guy. He flies around the field. He can play anywhere. He's the only one that's really shut down Travis Kelsey. Um, I was watching something this morning, actually. And within halves that, that Kelsey's been covered by him, he has less than a catch a half. I mean, he averages a catch a half with Derwin James on him. He's just so physical. He can match up with anyone. He can play the run, get sacks, cover. So he's fun to watch. And now with all the additions that they have with the Chargers, and we keep saying, is this their year? I think he's really going to stand out and people are going to recognize him. And he's getting the national attention that team as a whole is. Uh, my dark horse is Daniel Hunter. I've had him in the past as a favorite uh, the year he got hurt, um, and that that was tough for item a dark horse maybe again. But I keep coming back to this guy because we know what raw potential, raw talent he has. Now Zadarius Smith being on the other side frees up the ability for him to get to the quarterback. Um, again, I think this team's in the national spotlight, fighting for a, a big run in the playoffs. And if that's the case, Daniel Hunter is going to have to come up with some big plays. And I think if he reaches that 18-plus sacks and the Vikings are one of these playoff teams, I think you could look at Daniel Hunter as being – either a comeback player of the year or a defensive player of the year. We move now to coach of the year. I'm going to go with Brandon Staley. I've talked about how much I like the Chargers this year, and I think if I'm going to jump on the back of the Chargers being legit, it has to be with Brandon Staley being uh, coach of the year. But in this case, he is the favorite, actually, which kind of surprised me with uh, at plus 1,400. Um, but, yeah, Brandon Staley, I think the Chargers – go all the way and i think he will be the uh the coach of the year from that yeah and so i'm gonna go with kevin o'connell who's the new head coach for the minnesota vikings i I think there's a lot of love anytime you get a new coach and if they start out really hot you know they're the next hot thing out there and so the media always kind of falls in love with them brings them in and so i think if they you know reach that if they can get to that 12 win mark then i think easy head coach of the year for him And the other thing that really helps coaches is if they have high-flying offenses, which Minnesota is primed to do that this year. So if those two things match, I think the media is going to fall in love with him. He's got history as an analyst. He's got history as a player. And so I think he's got a lot of things on his side to really be relatable to fans. And your dark horse pick is also a new head coach in a high-powered offense. Yep. So I'm going to go with Mike McDaniel as my head coach or uh, dark horse head coach. I he plays so well back and forth with the media that I think as long as they are winning and he has that back and forth, again, he's going to be that lovable guy, that weird, goofy guy that people bring in and really accept. 
it's going to be very interesting to see how he reacts all of a sudden if they don't live up to potential and they're losing games because I don't know if he knows how to act seriously enough to you know communicate what's going on but again if he can bring in that unique offense from the 49ers win games with his personality I think he's going to get a lot of attention early yep and uh, my dark horse candidate would be Sean McDermott a guy who obviously we've had a successful Bills team in the past and I talked about I think the Chargers have a chance to go all the way well the Bills are the favorite to, to win the Super Bowl if that's the case Sean McDermott should be winning coach of the year and his, he, he's not even in the top five, I don't think, for, for Coach of the Year uh, favorite. So I wanted to put his name out there. Uh, I think Sean McDermott's a heck of a coach. I know he came from the Andy Reid yeah. tree, so I kind of and I think what's have to go on that. But. I think what's different, again, is when I talk about these offenses, he doesn't get credit for the Bills' offense. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets credit around the defense and those types of things, and that's just not as sexy when it comes to picking because look at last year. I mean, who got the credit for Josh Allen, Brian Dayball, yeah. not Sean McDermott? And so you really got to look at these offensive coaches and go, if they're playing well and they're winning, then that's who's going to get the Yeah, the, I mean, we're, we're getting some precedent, though, because Mike Vrabel doesn't call that offense. Mike Vrabel yep. just won coach of the year yep. by coaching the defense um, and has never been given credit for that offense. Yep. But, you know, it just it just depends. I think uh, teams, look they like to see more high-powered offenses, and that tends to be the favorite. Uh, we move now to comeback player of the year. Uh, quite a few names to choose from this year, uh, the favorite being Derrick Henry. And, you know, I had to find somewhere to put Derrick Henry into this. Uh, so I went with comeback player of the year, even though he's a favorite. I think, uh, you know, talking about the Titans, I think they're going to uh, struggle a bit this year, but I think they're going to rely even more heavily on Derrick Henry. So I think if that's the case, it's a pretty easy pick here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson, newly acquired by the Rams. Um, he's just he's put up numbers in the past, but he's never had quarterbacks that have gotten there. The most touchdowns from any quarterback that's been thrown to him is Blake Bortles. And so that says something about the teams he's been on. So I, I really think he ends up, you know, being that number two with Cooper Cup. He's going to get a lot of looks and really good opportunities for yards and touchdowns that he didn't previously. And so I think that's going to be a name, again, that you jump out and go, how's he a top five wide receiver or something early in the year? And so Derrick Henry's hard to bring down, though, in this category. Yeah, but, you know, Robert Woods in the past was the number one wide receiver mm-hmm. for the Rams. Could it be a situation where they're, you know, you have a more dominant outside guy? I'll be excited to see what Robinson does there at the Rams. I have Jameis Winston as my dark horse. I think if we're excited about this Saints offense, that means Jameis Winston's going to have to have a pretty good statistical year. If he goes out there and he does anything like he did in that Bucks year where he went for 5,000 yards, if he goes for 4,000 yards, some limits some turnovers and goes for 35, 40 touchdowns, uh, you know, he's going to be in the talk for for even better awards than comeback player of the year. But it'll be nice having him back out there after the ACL injury. Yeah. And so I'm going to talk about a guy here is my dark horse that will be defending Jameis Winston twice a year. J.C. Horn um, came out of the gates hot last year. Uh, he he looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, that lockdown corner that they've been looking for. And he was drafted really early two years and ago. overall. Yep. And so there's a lot of potential there. There is around that whole defense. And I think coming in healthy. Um, with a chip on his shoulder, obviously, what with what happened last year, I think he's going to be a dangerous individual and not going to be surprised if at some point you see him in the top one or two for interceptions this year. Yeah, the guy's uh, he's physical and he's a ball hawk and uh, one of my favorites that came out of last year. So hopefully, uh, you know, he's back from that ACL injury and can just put that behind him. We move now to the big, big pick, the MVPs this year. We've kind of been hit and miss in the past. Um, you know, we kind of hype some of these guys up. Um, you know, the favorite Josh Allen at plus 600, we stayed away from that just like we have with Mahomes in the past. Um, but I am going with the charger quarterback, Justin Herbert. I've been hyping up the chargers and I know it's going to burn me, but 
if I'm right, I can, you know, I can hit coach of the year and MVP. Justin Herbert, just so phenomenally talented. Robert loves Justin Herbert as well. Um, you know, he's got the weapons, he's got the offensive line, he's got the publicity, he's got the, the media, and he has the team to finally go up and put up the 5,045 touchdowns, seven interceptions or so. I think Justin Herbert, if he leads the team to a top two seed, I think Justin Herbert can finally be the MVP, the player that the Miami Dolphins should have picked. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there rooting for that. A lot of people like Justin Herbert and that team. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts with the Whoa. Eagles here. And the reason behind it is because I think the weapons that they've added, you're in a weak NFC. If they can propel themselves to a one or two seed and get those wins, it's going to be on his arm again. And so I, I think everything bodes well for him if he plays correctly, where he's he's already got enough attention right now. Because the question is, if he doesn't work out, what do they do next? So that attention's there to grab, you know, if I can throw for this much and if I can run and be mobile, it, it always seems like the MVP outside of Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, it's somebody that just pops out of nowhere. Lamar, you know, it's somebody that pops. And so in my opinion, that this is the perfect year for Jalen Hurts to do that. Yeah, and as an Eagles fan, I'm going to put the bias aside. The Eagles just in generally right now in the media are getting a ton of attention and as a favorite for – potential Super Bowl run, kind of like we are with the Vikings. They're getting that in the national media. So um, I know there are some people putting money down on Jalen Hurts with his current odds, which are plus 2,500. So, I mean, with Justin Herbert at plus 900, you're talking about some pretty favorable odds there. Uh, my Dark Horse candidate, I talked about him briefly, but Trey Lance plus 2,800. Um, yeah, the 49ers, if they're legit and they're going to make a run in, in a really tough division and they're going to overtake the Rams for possible division lead there, Trey Lance could be that type of dynamic quarterback we saw when Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick hit, um, you know, when he comes out of nowhere. High draft profile, a lot of media attention, a lot of national attention. I think Trey Lance can be that energetic, you know, Lamar Jackson type uh, breakout. Sure. And so I have a dark horse that I put in here that I'm going to change as we go. But I had Derrick Henry in there just because I wanted to throw it off of just quarterbacks. And I do think if there's a running back that's going to win it, I think Henry's finally going to get the love that, you know, all these years of what he's produced. But I'm actually going to switch it to because I want to have this conversation is Joe Burrow. Um, if they can be what they were in the postseason last year, then I think he's going to get love for that. I think what challenges him right now and makes him more of a dark horse is the media is so caught up in Joe Burrow and the Super Bowl run and realize that he really underperformed last year in, in the regular season. And so if he even has a mediocre regular season, it's going to be hard for him to win MVP. I mean, he's going to have to do something special in the regular season to really propel himself because he's living up to this image of last year. And I, I, I think he can do it. I mean, I, an improved offensive line, you have a tough schedule, but to that Bengals team, as we saw in the playoffs, it doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, they're just as dangerous. So Joe Burrow, I don't know where he's at right now in terms of, you know, MVP pay favorites, but I, I really do think he's kind of that guy under the radar that he needs to show a lot more to me than maybe like a Jalen Hurts would have to. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow's exciting. He's got the offense to do it. I mean, there's things that are lining up. I don't know if this is the year, but I do think he wins one in his future. So mm -hmm. it's whether, I mean, it could start as early as this year. They come out hot, a tough schedule and a tough division. If they can be the, the a top two seed in the AFC after winning their division, Joe Burrow has every right to that award. Yeah, and so I want to throw one weird thing out there. It all feels like we've all cooled off on Patrick Mahomes after the last couple of years. And so I want to toss this question to you because I heard it on Dan Patrick show and it intrigued me. Where they are in their careers going forward right now, throw everything else aside, would you rather have Justin Herbert 
Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow? Well, Joe Burrow's third for me on that list. Sure. Um, I probably would still have to take Mahomes and, and then Herbert. See, I'm and I'm a Herbert guy on that, but it just it changed so much of everyone assumed forever Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. And the question was, what happens if Mahomes ends up as Aaron Rodgers, where you have one Super Bowl out of this, but you've won, you know, you've won an MVP or MVPs and this and that. But it's just weird that we don't put them on our list when, again, not long ago, he was the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Yeah, well, to me, I think it's – it's I don't put him on my list because I treat him as like Aaron Donald, where it's just like he is – he's the best quarterback in the NFL to me. Yeah. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the NFL. I just – I don't want to touch it just because I think it's kind of a cop-out. But sure. I also think that conversation changes, though, when Andy Reid leaves. Um, you know, if you put Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert in with Andy Reid, I think either of those two, just because their talent coupled with one of the best offensive minds – could could potentially change. Sure. I wanted to throw a couple maybe sleepers of MVP candidates to get your thoughts. Russell Wilson at plus 1400. I know we've talked about Russ winning MVPs in the past, but the stats of when he can actually just get unleashed, he's like his records unbelievable. Only two losses when he throws over 35 passes a game. So to me, it's just the the schedule that they have and the conference that they have. I think it's going to be too tough for him to get the wins needed. Kirk Cousins plus 5,000. We've talked about Justin Jefferson being elite. We've talked about this team making a big run. Would you rather put money at plus five thousand on Justin Jefferson or plus fourteen hundred on Russ? Probably Jefferson. And or, I thought, sorry, Cousins at plus five thousand. Uh, Cousins in terms of, I I I I like him and what he's going to put up for numbers. I just don't know if the media will accept him and take him in and really you know be that personality that gets those MVP votes. I honestly think if it gets down to that, Justin Jefferson is going to be the reason that he has those numbers and he's going to get the looks over Kirk Cousins. What about Matt Ryan at plus 8,000? I like it. Um, Their wide receiver core concerns me a little bit, but I think, you know, with the addition of Jonathan Taylor, I would fade Jonathan Taylor in my MVP votes just because I think there's going to be a lot more of Matt Ryan than obviously there was a Wentz last year. I just think like this team – could potentially be a number one AFC or sure. AFC team, and I I don't project that. But if that were the case, Matt Ryan is a former MVP, um, and yeah, the receiving core has some potential, but some question marks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's out of the question on what are some pretty low uh, odds for Matt Ryan. That does it for our award predictions. Um, some interesting names, some fun names. Um, I'm excited to see what this will look like, you know, in a year from now to come back or less than a year, to come back and do our recap and see how they turned out. We will be right back. We'll break down week one and two for you for the upcoming uh, NFL season. All right. Now to start with week one, we start with Thursday night uh, with a great matchup where we have Buffalo traveling, the Bills traveling to the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Robert, Give me your pick uh, for uh, the Bills versus the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams on this one, just obviously playing at home. I think there's going to be so much hype around the game. I think, you know, the Bills are going to feel like we need to win this game right off the bat to really get the season going in the right direction. So I I feel like the Rams probably by three. All right, now we'll move on. We've got Philadelphia Eagles going to Detroit. I personally, as an Eagles fan, think it's a trap game because I do think the Detroit Lions are a more competitive team than they were last year, especially with all the hype for the Eagles. But Robert... Your pick, Eagles versus Lions. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a close game, like you say. you got to watch out for the Lions and their energy. I think it's Eagles 24-21. Wow, all right. We move now. San Francisco traveling to Chicago. At least the weather should be rough, you know, pretty favorable. It's not getting late in the year. But we've hyped up the Niners a little bit today. Niners or Bears? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners. I think it's an obvious choice here, but I don't think it's a blowout like people think. I think it's probably a 10-point game. See, I think it's a weird game. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago's winning at half. Uh, You're at home. Niners have to get through this Trey Lance problem of getting him in rhythm with his wide receivers. Uh, Is Elijah Mitchell healthy? That's a question mark. Either way, I think Niners uh, win as well. Uh, Pittsburgh going to Cincinnati to play. We just talked about uh, what Joe Burrow could potentially do this year. Yeah, so this is going to be my upset. I take the Steelers week one here. Um, I think, you know, they have the veteran leadership. I, I do believe in the Super Bowl hangover, and we've talked about this before. And so I think the Steelers end up stealing one out of there by probably three. I've done some betting on this week or for week one, and I did not touch this game because it's just it, it's so many questions. Rivalries week one are I hard. Do, I do like the pick, though, the upset um, for our predictions this year. Uh, Patriots uh, versus Dolphins traveling down to Miami. New look offense for the Patriots, but a more you know evolved uh, Miami offense. Yeah, and this is one I fade picking. I just there's so many unknowns. First year head coach, brand new wide receivers. You don't know what's going on with the Patriots right now, and so I like it in kind of an ugly game. I think Miami ends up winning this one, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was maybe like twenty to fourteen. So I this one that I made, I did the under on this one. Yeah. Feels to me like maybe a struggling Patriots offense. Still some timing things to figure out with Miami. Even if Miami goes and puts up a ton of points because they're high flying, I think the line was 44 or 47 yeah. or something like that. So I do think it's kind of more of an ugly game here, uh, a noon game that probably I would care not to watch much of. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Panthers, we got a revenge game here. We got a revenge for both sides. Baker Mayfield came out saying like, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Miles Garrett's also looking forward to this. This revenge game, which side are you taking? I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one. I think their defense is too good. And you finally got Baker there, Christian McCaffrey healthy for one game, hopefully through the whole season. But I think this is low scoring. Bet the under on this one. A, a score like 13 to 10 wouldn't surprise me, Panthers. All right, we move now. The Colts traveling to Houston, another uh, rivalry in division game. I think this one could be closer than a lot of people think, especially early being in Houston. New look team in, in, in Indianapolis, but Ultimately, where do you go? Yeah, we're both higher on the Texans than a lot of people are. I like Davis Mills. Um, I, I got to go with the Colts here. I just think there's so much energy around the room, but they struggle struggle in rivalry games sometimes. So I, I take the Colts in this one, maybe 27 to, let's say, 17. Yep. I do think it's a trap game, just like that Lions-Eagles game. Uh, Saints versus Falcons. I know you're high on the Saints. I'm a guy that like thinks the Falcons are going in the right direction. I think this is uh, – a there's some potential for an upside here going to Atlanta, but ultimately, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm taking the Saints in this one, but it's a trap game. Uh, Saints have so much to figure out with Winston coming back still. Uh, your defense is kind of figuring itself out. So I know the Falcons have a lot of new faces in there, but I, I say this one is probably 24-20 Saints. This one scares me because like Atlanta could all of a sudden just roll out running the ball with a, a you know Cordell and uh, Tyler Algier and Marcus Mariota keeping the ball away from the Saints. And then with the Saints' offensive line issues, you know, could it be a closer, lower-scoring game? It'll be interesting. Uh, Baltimore traveling to the Jets. Well, we know the quarterback situation. It sounds like Zach Wilson maybe could play. Looks like probably going to be more Joe uh, Joe Flacco. But can Joe Flacco get revenge on his former team? Yeah, and I don't think this one matters who plays at quarterback. I think the Ravens blow him out. Um, Lamar is out for vengeance right now, just not getting a contract done, really trying to prove himself. So – it wouldn't surprise me if this one gets into the 30s to maybe low teens if they're lucky. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars, Washington Commanders. Is this a game you're even going to want to watch? And what do you think happens? Yeah, and I, I would have a hard time betting it too, but 
I, I think the Jaguars win this one. I think it's going to be an ugly, sloppy game that it's probably going to be one of those like six to three and a half type games possibly. But I end up thinking it's probably like a – let's do 17-14 Jaguars win. All right, big one here, and I can cover this one. We've got Packers-Vikings. Just get the bias out of the way. I do think Minnesota wins this one at home. Packers just going to get into this rhythm. We saw last year week one they struggled. Minnesota at home, if this game was in Green Bay, maybe it'd feel a little different. Yeah, I, I've said all along, too, I'm taking the Vikings in this. The Packers are favored somehow, but I'm taking the Vikings at home. It's going to be loud. New wide receiver core. Alan Lazard might not be playing. Um, their defense, as great as it looks on paper, still has things to figure out as well on the back end. And so I I think I think it's going to be low scoring, honestly. I think it's probably going to end up being maybe, let's do 2014. All right. New York Giants traveling to Tennessee to take on Derrick Henry and the Titans. Is this even a game? No, it's a blowout. I think the Titans win. Um, I think this is a Tannehill game, honestly. I think Tannehill throws for three touchdowns because I think he's kind of – pissed off. He, he's feeling it on the back of his heels right now and the want for Malik Willis. So it always takes Derrick Henry a little bit to get going in the season, and that's not saying he won't this game. But I really think they want to get Tannehill comfortable for the year. All right, the Raiders. This Go to tough. Las Vegas, or the Raiders traveling from Las Vegas to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Really, really good AFC West divisional matchup. Is there an upset, or do you take the favorite? Yeah, I don't know what the over is in this game, but I would hit it all day. I know the Chargers defense is supposed to be improved, and it, it will be. be. 51 or something. Yeah, and it, and it will be, but the Raiders defense just doesn't show enough to me right now, and their pass rush just doesn't scare me, and I know they brought some pieces in. But I'm really looking at this game to be like a 34-31 type of game again. You know, ones that they've had in the past. I I go with the Chargers on this just because I don't know what Josh McDaniel or is it Josh, Josh McDaniels, McDaniels is as a head coach again. And so I would favor Justin Herbert over Derek Carr. Yeah, I stayed away from this one too. Just you could have a Raiders upset really quick, you know, and I could already be proved wrong first week. So they win games they're not supposed yeah, to win. I uh, I'm I just moved on from that one. Uh, we have the Chiefs traveling to Arizona, where Arizona couldn't play at home last year. Great road team, couldn't play at home. We know there's issues with DeAndre Hopkins being out. Rondell Moore potentially out for week one. Zach Ertz potentially out for week one. Do they, though, have a chance with Kyler Murray under center? No, I think I think it's Chiefs. And even though they're figuring some things out, I, I think that the talent on the offense is too much for what the Cardinals' defense is right now. So I really like this game as like a 27-21. All right, Buccaneers travel to Dallas. Uh, we had this game last year, week one. Tampa Bay and and Dallas really blew up for a ton of points here. Ultimately, Buccaneers winning. We've got the Sunday night game. How do you feel? Yeah, so I'm actually taking the Cowboys in this one. Um, I think with all the mess of the offseason that's been going on, I know Brady's in it, but it just doesn't feel like he's in it right now. And there's there's some injury concerns with Godwin coming back from last year. He's not 100% ready and different things like that. So I, I think you get a fresh Zeke week one, and I know that that's what they want to use. Even with that offensive line a little concerning, I like Dallas winning this one maybe, let's say, 21-17. All right, now Monday Night Football. Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle with the 12th man. Can the 12th man be enough to create an upset in Seattle? Do you want me to say the Seahawks? I mean, I don't know. Is that going to be your storyline for week one? I'm taking the Broncos, but I do think that I do think the Seahawks hang with them for a little bit. I don't think it's just a complete blowout right out of the gates, but I do like the Broncos in this one. I'm going to say 24-17. All right, now one thing I want to do with week one, I'm not going to do this with week two because there's too much at play but or uh, too many variables, but um, I wanted to give you like a week from 
uh, you know, a week from now, what's the one storyline that you think is going to develop out of week one? I can give you mine real fast. Um, I think you're going to look at this because I agree with you. I think Dallas wins. I think the storyline a week from now is, is Dallas for real? Is it Dallas's year? They can do this without having Michael Gallup. Without or is having Brady Tyrone done? Is that, do you think the storyline comes from this game? I That's where I was going to go with it. Um, it just seems like there's too much in fan bases invested in that, that one way or the other, unless it, it, unless it ends like last year where it's a really close type of deal. Um, I really think that that's the way it goes. Uh, the other one that I really look at is the Raiders and Chargers. Just because that division is so heavy that if it is a blowout one way or another, they're going to say, what is going on here? Especially if it's, you know, the Raiders, because they've invested in Devontae Adams and all of this, where the Raiders are getting that national attention, whether it's warranted or not. But I, I think those are the two games to look for. And what ultimately, what is your favorite matchup? What's the one that like you're going to say, I need to have on the TV oh, for week one? I would say Packers and Vikings, but I, I'm fading that one a little bit just because I, I see it not falling in my favor. Um, it's got to be the Thursday night game for me. The Rams and Bills. Just my question with it isn't the Bills. What are the Rams? Are they are they for real coming back this year? Can they hang with a team like the Bills? I mean, I know I picked the Rams, but there is a part of me that's concerned that that team is going to start falling off a little bit, especially later in the season when Matthew Stafford might have some elbow issues. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. We've talked about it, the Chargers and the Raiders. I have so much invested right now with Los Angeles. I also think the Raiders are a fun team. There's a lot to be excited for there, too. And what might be the toughest division in football, I think this sets the groundwork. You know, if the Raiders come out hot and win this first one, you're right. The storyline could be the Raiders now. Are they the potential favorites in the AFC mm -hmm. West? That division is going to be full of storylines. We're just going to run real fast, Robert. I just want to give you, you just give me the, the name of the team that wins this game for week two. Uh, you know, of course, things can change with potential injuries and, uh, you know, things like that. It might look different. Uh, but we wanted to get it out for this episode. Yeah, and we record about every other week, so we just wanted to be head, ahead of the schedule. So uh, week two, uh, that Thursday night game will be the Chargers at the Chiefs. Could have some storylines going into this game, potentially both teams being 1-0. and uh, Robert, the name of the team you think wins? Chargers. All right, we have the Patriots traveling to the Steelers in week two. Steelers. Uh, you got the Panthers traveling to New York for the Giants. Taking the Panthers, start Panthers 2-0. Wow. All right. Now the garbage bowl. We have New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. All right. Uh, the Another rivalry game, uh, in division game, Indianapolis Colts going to Jacksonville. And this one might surprise you. I'm taking Jacksonville here. They struggle, man. They, they, the Colts have lost how many consecutive in Jacksonville? So yeah. I got to ride that streak. All right. Miami Dolphins going to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Are, is Miami getting a, you know, a, a little preview of their future quarterback, Lamar Jackson? <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Dolphins with this one. I just have concerns about the wide receivers for the Ravens. All right, Tampa Bay, are they traveling 0-1 to New Orleans? I'm taking the Saints. Oh, so that could be a potential 0-2 start for Tampa Bay. Uh, Washington Commanders going to the D Detroit Lions. Lions. All right, Seattle Seahawks in division game. This one's going to be a fun one going to the Niners. 49ers. All right, uh, the Atlanta Falcons traveling all the way out to the Rams. How did the Rams get two for, or two, uh, you know, uh, home games. Yeah, start. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Yeah, that one seems like a Rams win to me too. Uh, you have the Arizona Cardinals going out to Las Vegas Raiders. Take the Raiders. I like that pick. Uh, Houston Texans traveling to Denver. Can I'll, Denver win at home? I'll take Denver. 
All right, Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Dallas. Of course, Dallas starts out with two home games. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals. All right, Chicago Bears traveling to Green Bay. Green Bay. All right, Tennessee Titans traveling up to Buffalo. I'll take Tennessee in this one. I also like Tennessee in this one as a surprise, but especially if the if, if the Bills win at, uh, in, in Los Angeles on Thursday. Uh, and finally, the Monday night game, Minnesota Vikings traveling to Philly. We know there's bad blood between these two teams from playoffs in the past and the Super Bowl ultimately being won in Minneapolis. Yeah, so just my commentary on this one, it's going to come down to what the Eagles' secondary looks like. I just, I know they have a couple different pieces in there. If Darius Slay is healthy, I think it's the Eagles. If Darius Slay is a little shakier in the year, then I'm taking the Vikings. There you have it. That's week one and two previews. We've given you our NFL awards. You know, we're just super excited for the season to start. Thursday can't get here soon enough. Hopefully this episode is released Wednesday, the day before, so you can get your fix uh, leading up to uh, the start of the NFL season. Uh, we hope you guys are excited as we are. Stay active on the socials. Uh, you know, we'll be looking to talk with people uh, throughout week throughout week one, going into week two. Uh, we hope to have more content through you throughout the season. Enjoy the football, and as always, keep it sleazy, and we're out. Yeah.